Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Joining us now, Senator Tina Smith. Senator Smith, thanks for making time. I know you're exceptionally busy right now. Greetings. I'm so glad to be with you, Paul. Thanks for inviting me today. Your reaction to the shooting in Uvalde? You know, I I have to tell you that I think when at first it happened and I started to read about it, I, I sort of put up these, these, like, I couldn't even cope with it. And it was the next day that I was talking to somebody about what had happened. And I thought about all of these babies and these teachers who were there trying to protect them. And I literally just broke down in tears. I think that there is a combination of just deep sadness that this kind of um, evil and hate exists in the world and also just such deep anger uh, that we can't do more to protect these precious babies in elementary school. Of course, I'm in the Senate, and so my job is to do everything I can to make sure that people are safe in their schools and in their neighborhoods and in their communities. And I'm, you know, recommitted to that to that goal. Um, but um, I think, don't you think you react to it first, and you should um, in a purely personal way? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to be a parent or a grandparent, I mean, to no. feel that sense no. of empathy. No, Senator, I'm, no, I'm, I think that's I'm just curious, is anything going to change? Is, is, are there areas of bipartisan compromise? My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has directed Senator John Corrin from Texas yes. to work with Democratic lawmakers on a bipartisan solution to gun violence. Is there any common ground, background checks, red flag warnings? Mm-hmm. Do you see any hope? Well, I mean, I, you have to see, you have to look for hope. You have to look for the thing that we can accomplish. And I have always been a, um, a, a, a leader who thinks that you shouldn't make perfect be the enemy of the good. There are so many things that we could do that we need to do to address this epidemic of gun violence. Um, my colleague, Chris Murphy, who is from Connecticut and first came to the United States Senate um, as the tragedy um, at, in, at Sandy Hook in Connecticut um, occurred, has been working so hard for so many years, for 10 years, to find a bipartisan solution to this problem. And I have to say I feel some hope that there can be some um, um, common ground found. As you know, in the Senate, you have to have 60 people, so 50 Democrats and at least 10 Republicans, in order to be able to make headway. I know that there, um, and it's wonderful to see Senator Cornyn from Texas, um, who I believe feels this deeply, looking for solutions. And some of the ideas that they're talking about include closing these background check 
loopholes, um, improving the way red flag laws work so that the FBI has time to assess whether somebody is a danger to themselves or to others before um, a license um, goes through. Um, you know, I have to say that I support an assault weapon ban. The first assault weapon ban in this country was um, voted into law in a bipartisan way with Ronald Reagan supporting it. And that assault weapon ban was and was on the books for, um, you know, I think a decade before it expired. Um, and of course, this weapon that this uh, person used at uh, Valde in Texas uh, um, used an assault weapon. So there are a variety of things that we can do to uh, reduce the deadliness of done, gun violence. And of course, there's not one thing that we can do to stop all of this. The reality is that in the United States, there are 400 million um, privately owned guns, uh, many, many, many more times than we see in any other, any other country in the world. And, um, and that is dangerous. Senator, one of the narratives that I keep hearing from some of my friends uh, some of them have these, you know, AR-15s, and they say, look, um, we use these for self-defense. There will always be evil in the world, and, and these people will always find guns, whether they buy them or get mm-hmm. them on the black market or ghost guns, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. They, we're swimming in guns, as you just said, 400 million guns, and that, you know, again, the only way to counteract this evil is by having more people who are armed. How do you respond to that? Well, I understand. I guess what I would say is I understand that instinct. And there are many, many, many people who are responsible gun owners who lock their guns up, who make sure that their guns never fall into the hands of children, people who teach their children how to use guns safely, and they use those guns for, you know, high school um, skeet and trap shooting and for hunting. And all of that is, of course, a wonderful thing. It's part of the tradition of Minnesota, and it is a wonderful thing. But I always, in moments like this, I look at sort of what the, you know, what the research tells us. And what we see is that more guns actually result in more gun violence. And what we often don't talk about on the heels of terrible tragedies like this murder in the elementary school in Texas is that most guns are used, um, you know, guns are used um, for people who have make, made the decision to end their own lives and they are used in, um, in suicide. And there is a lot of data to show that if guns, if, if a person didn't have access to a gun so easily, they might not be successful in their suicide attempt, and there might be another way for them. The other thing that I think is really striking as we talk about this, Paul, is that um, firearms, firearm violence, gun violence, has replaced car accidents as the number one killer of people between, of young people, people under the age of 19. And um, th- that that one piece of information uh, tells me that that um, our, our worry is not people who are responsible gun owners. Not at all. Those people should be able to continue to be responsible gun owners. Our worry is the, the um, explosion of guns that fall into the hands of dangerous people. And also um, young people, minors, who, um, who end up, um, you know, who are troubled and end up committing um, horrible, horrible uh, crimes. Senator Tina Smith is joining us right now. Uh, Senator, to your point, the CDC 
uh, has data from 2020, the most recent year, 54% of gun deaths in the U.S. were suicides, which, you know, don't get the sustained mm-hmm. public attention that these massacres right. do. And and to your point, the Rand Corporation did a big study and, and confirmed where there are more guns. States that have more guns, there are, in fact, more gun deaths. States with the highest mm-hmm. gun rate. Gun death rates are among the states with the highest gun ownership rates. So yesterday, I just want to mention this and and see where there might be some common ground. We had St. Thomas Professor of Law Rachel Pelosi on with us. She's a former United States attorney for Minnesota. I don't know if you know, Rachel, she's amazing. And she said she hypothesized that some of the areas of possible reform, and I didn't realize this. She said we could bar sales of of weapons especially semi-automatics uh the ar-15s to 18 to 21 year olds who commit the mm-hmm. most mass shootings mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. obviously we would need exceptions for those serving in the military how, how do you react to that if you raise the age you know i have seen that data as well and i think it's very interesting i was talking with my son the other day about how um <clears throat> how people um, you, you tend to forget that people's brain development, uh, young people's brain development is not complete <laughs> when they're 18 or 19 or 20 or 21. And, and I think that there are some good examples of how um, you, could, you could save a lot of lives. This um, young person who committed this atrocity in Texas, I think, was, you know, was just 18. Um, and I, I also I hear the argument that I have heard others make. I hear the argument that others have made that if you are old enough to serve in the military, you ought to be old enough to own a gun. And again, this is the dynamic between um, people who are responsible gun owners and know what you know and 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 can be you know, <laughs> um, and and then the, the the tragedy of just this plethora of guns everywhere that ends up um, being so dangerous. Last question. I, I certainly acknowledge my our second amendment rights by the way the founding fathers talked about a well-regulated militia and and a couple of our callers have called in and said what happened to the well-regulated part of that yes you know yeah yeah and i thought okay well that's an interesting point um Mm -hmm. so I, i i'm just curious where we go from here a lot of people also bring up mental health and I don't want to minimize that in any way. I know there are a lot of people out there who are struggling. My understanding, yeah. looking at the data, our mental health mm-hmm. problem is no greater than other countries in Europe and Asia. Uh, what we do have that no other country on earth has is is way more weapons. Yes, that is that is exactly true. We have no higher incidence of mental health problems in the United States and other countries, but we have a multitude higher um, incidence of of gun violence. The other uh, just reality is that people who um, struggle with mental illness are much more likely to be the victims of gun violence than be the perpetrators of gun violence. So I worry, especially at a time when mental illness and mental health challenges are still stigmatized, that we seem to suggest that the problem is, you know, um, people who are um, you know, pe- pe- people who are who have mental illnesses are the problem. I would also um, who are not supportive of strengthening our gun safety laws. Um, that um, you know, also the reality is that they are also the ones who are not prepared to spend the money that we need to spend to make sure that people have access to mental health 
um, care, which is uh, in such deep and terrible uh, shortage in this country right now. Oh, my goodness. You know, each time this happens, we keep asking, is, is this... I know. Is this going to be the event, the, the horrible tragedy that moves the needle? Uh, and then yeah. we get sidetracked with other things until the next disaster. Do you think I truly, we have a I shot? I truly hope, I truly hope that, um, that, and you have to hope, I always say, and if you're not optimistic that something can change, then things will definitely not change. You have to. Um, you have to keep working and looking for the ways to get it, you know, to get it done. And um, and I have to say, I feel some some hope that we might be able to pass some. Um, uh, we might be able to find common ground in the, in the Senate. Of course, the House has passed legislation, and we also understand, I think, that that will never be that that won't be the whole solution. We won't then be able to go home and say, okay, we've done what we can. There's there's going right. to be much more that much more that we need to do. We have to just keep on working at it. That's the way. That's the way of the world. Senator Tina Smith, I'm grateful. Thank you for taking time out of your crazy schedule to join us on CCO. And uh, uh, I, thank you. I wish you. I hope you can hang out on the holiday. And I, I know you got a lot <laughs> on your plate, but uh, ha- have a have a terrific Memorial Day weekend. Well, I'm looking forward to the Memorial Day weekend. I'm actually going to be delivering the commencement address at Saint Olaf College in a couple of days, and um, oh, nice. I'm. Uh, with my grandson, uh, my gra- both my grandsons this weekend, so that will fill me with a lot of hope and joy. Terrific. I, I hope you have a wonderful time together. Be safe, and, and thanks again for spending some time with us. Thank you, Paul. You bet. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.